Welcome, friends. I'm Reverend Tim Earhart, and this is Daily Bible Reflections for September 25, 2023. Today's New Testament lesson is from Romans chapter 16, verses 1 to 16. Why not women? I commend you to our sister Phoebe, a deacon of the church in Cancri. I ask you to receive her in the Lord in a way worthy of his people, and to give her any help she may need from you, for she has been the benefactor of many people, including me. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in Christ Jesus. They risked their lives for me. Not only I, but all the churches of the Gentiles are grateful to them. Greet also the church that meets at their house. Greet my dear friend Epictetus who was the first convert to Christ in the province of Asia. Greet Mary, who worked very hard for you. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my fellow Jews who have been in prison with me. They are outstanding among the apostles, and they were in Christ before I was. Greet Ampliatus, my dear friend in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our co-worker in Christ, and my dear friend Stachys. Greet Apelles, whose fidelity to Christ has stood the test. Greet those who belong to the household of Aristobulus. Greet Herodian, my fellow Jew. Greet those in the household of Narcissus who are in the Lord. Greet Tryphena and Tryphosa, those women who work hard in the Lord. Greet my dear friend Persis, another woman who has worked very hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother who has been a mother to me, too. Greet Asinaritis, Phlegon, Hermes, Petrobus, Hermes, and the other brothers and sisters with them. Greet Philologus, Julia, Nereus, and his sister, and Olympus and all the Lord's people who are with them. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the churches of Christ send greetings. New International Version The reason we have the Captain Obvious people in our lives is that they simply point out something that is right under our noses that we might miss. I'm playing the role of Captain Obvious. In today's New Testament lesson are a group of women. Paul names, greets, thanks, and encourages several church leaders, and they are not all men. Phoebe is a deacon. She's actually the representative who was sent to take Paul's letter to the church at Rome and read it to the congregation. Priscilla is co-equal with her husband Aquila. Together they co-pastored a house church. She helped teach and mentor Apollos in Corinth. There's Mary. There's Junia, an apostle. Paul states that she's outstanding amongst them, of which also he is one. There is Tryphena and Tryphosa. Persis is a dear friend of Paul and Julia. In the earliest church within the New Testament scriptures, women are mentioned as serving in every sort of capacity. And yet, women are the greatest and largest untapped resource in the church today. You might wonder why I would say such a thing, being that more women attend church than men. However, still in this day and age, removed 2,000 years from the biblical text, the reality for many churches around the world is that 
Only men can hold positions of authority. The reasoning goes something like this. The Bible says women can't serve over men, so women can't hold those positions. Hmm, really? So a woman can serve as a CEO of a Fortune 500 company, can be elected as governor of a state, can manage men on a factory floor, but that same woman cannot serve as an elder in many churches? I once asked a pastor that very question, and he answered with, yes, because the Bible says so. I guess he never read Romans 16. If you are of the belief that a church office is based on gender, instead of the calling and gifting of the Spirit, then, methinks, it behooves us to ask these questions of the biblical text. If women are not to exercise authority over men in the church, how do we account for actual women leaders in the Bible, such as Deborah, Huldah, Philip's daughters, Priscilla's role in Apollos' life, not to mention the list of women leaders in Romans 16? If our impulse is to say that these are exceptions because there were no men to step up, then what does that say about our theology? Is God not big enough to find a man to put into a position of leadership? If we insist that women ought not to teach and be silent based on Paul's letter to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 3, then why do we ignore Paul's instruction that women are to publicly prophesy and pray? as in 1 Corinthians 11 and Acts 21. Doesn't the prominence of women in the ministry of Jesus and Paul suggest something different than just having women tag along to teach children? Just when does a boy become too old for a woman to legitimately teach him? If women can't teach men, why in the world would we ever think that they are the best teachers for boys? How can we apply Galatians 3, 26-28 there is no male or female in Christ, that's the reference. Are women the exception to that? Does the Reformation doctrine of the priesthood of all believers only apply to men? Doesn't the absence of women in church leadership go against this? Isn't it weird and confusing that women have an equal vote in congregational decisions, even when a male leader is being elected and or disciplined, when they aren't supposed to exercise authority? I could go on and on, but I think you get the picture. The absence of women in leadership is problematic at best. It's a problem because there are actually women leaders in the Bible. So here is my unabashed, dogmatic, and biblical belief. All individuals are equally created in God's image and therefore have equal worth, privilege, and opportunity in Christ's church without any limitation, including gender. In some churches and Christian denominations today, there are far too many wonderful Christian women who are exhausted and depressed because they are trying to live up to a certain expectation of being someone they are not. They suppress their gifts and calling because they believe they must prop up the fragile male egos around them. They aren't free to serve in leadership positions, and it's eating them from the inside out. These women think there is something wrong with them, but the reality is that there is something wrong with the whole system of male-only authority. And what's more, we are missing out on the blessing of God. 
it's high time we value all women, even those with gifts of leadership, by allowing them to serve without limitation. I have a wife and three daughters. All of them are more intelligent, more gifted, and better leaders than me, the lone family male. To have them using their superior talents in the church by leading and serving is the least threatening thing to me on this earth. I love it that they can outdo me. It's my joy. Even more than that, I believe it is Christ's joy as well. We must be proactive in cultivating and nurturing the gifts and calling we see in women. They don't need to be put in their place. Instead, the good old boy system of the church needs to be put in its place so that men are practicing leadership that sacrifices on behalf of making women's leadership a priority. O oh Lord God, bless all women who daily strive to bring peace to their communities, their homes, and their hearts. Give them strength to continue to turn swords into plowshares. We pray for all women who face prejudice, inequality, and gender disparities. Help us to see and to face the discrimination against women in all the many forms it may take. Forgive all women and men who let differences breed hate and discrimination. Let your example of valuing all of creation help us to see that we are equal partners in the stewardship of your world. Help us to see the strength and goodness in all women and men. Amen.